Hello, this is Cherry Agarwal from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, June 27th, and Prime Minister Narendra Modi is in Japan. Yes, he is there to meet his Japanese counterpart Shinzo Abe and to attend the G20 summit. This will be Mr. Modi's 6th time at the G20 summit. The Ministry of External Affairs has said that Mr Modi will also attend bilateral and multilateral meetings to articulate India's views on the global platform. Today's meeting began with the Japanese minister sharing his expectations from the summit. He referred to Mr Modi's initiatives in the earlier G20 meetings on the matter of fugitive economic offenders and said the group should deal with this problem. Abe also spoke about resolving global trade problems and data flows and said the G20 should come up with a constructive message about climate change. The leaders also discussed the importance of focusing on the global economy. According to Foreign Secretary Vijay Gokhale, the Japanese leader also emphasized the importance of preparing for the summit properly, including through ministerial meetings, through various exchanges in infrastructure, defense, outer space, digital economy and startups. Abe and Modi also discussed the Mumbai Ahmedabad bullet train. Yes, the same one that will affect some 54,000 mangroves. The two leaders also discussed a convention center being constructed in Varanasi and agreed that the two projects must be completed on time. This is the first meeting between the two leaders since Emperor Akihito's eldest son Naruhito ascended the throne. Modi and Abe will most likely be meeting again during a trilateral meeting of India, Japan and the United States on Friday. According to Hindustan Times, they'll discuss the Indo-Pacific initiative. Back in India, Union Home Minister Amit Shah chaired a security grid meeting in Jammu and Kashmir. News agency PTI reported that Mr Shah reviewed the overall security situation in the state. But it seems he paid special emphasis on the restoration of peace and counter-insurgency operations. Governor Satyapal Malik, his Home Affairs Advisor K Vijay Kumar, Chief Secretary BVR Subramanyam, Director General of Police Dilbagh Singh and heads of various intelligence agencies and paramilitary forces were also in attendance. According to reports, the shiny new Union Home Minister, Mr Shah, asked security forces to show zero tolerance towards terrorism, praised efforts of the Jammu and Kashmir police in countering terrorism and said that the state government should commemorate the martyrdom of soldiers in towns and villages. He added that prominent public places should be renamed after the deceased soldiers. The Home Minister also reviewed the preparations for the Amarnath Yatra which begins on July 1st. The review examined preparations made by security forces so far, the improvements made in the arrangements as compared to previous years, administrative arrangements among other things. According to scroll.in, Shah asked the administration not to be lax with implementing standard operating procedures and said the latest technology and gadgets should be used for protecting devotees. 2 years ago, as many as 7 pilgrims were killed and 18 were injured in Anantnag district in an attack on a bus carrying devotees. Now, Swiss authorities today froze four bank accounts belonging to fugitive businessman Nirav Modi and his sister Purvi Modi. In case you didn't know, Nirav Modi and his uncle Mehul Chokshi are accused of allegedly duping India's Punjab National Bank of more than 13,000 crore rupees. So, the Swiss authorities froze the accounts on a request made by the Enforcement Directorate. The ED had stated that the money kept in these accounts represented "quote unquote" proceeds of a crime. A 
A statement from the agency read, quote, The request was made on the ground that money in the bank accounts was deposited out of illegal siphoned off funds from Indian banks, unquote. The four bank accounts had a total of 283 crore rupees and were frozen under the criminal provisions of the Prevention of Money Laundering Act. Mr. Modi is currently lodged at London's Vansworth Prison. Today, the court extended his remand to July 25th. So far, he's made four attempts to seek bail. In the last hearing on June 12th, the judge had denied him bail, stating that there were substantial grounds to believe that Mr. Modi would fail to surrender and might interfere with witnesses and obstruct justice. In a bid to curb cow vigilantism, the Madhya Pradesh cabinet has cleared an amendment to the anti-cow slaughter law. The proposal includes jailing cow vigilantes who are guilty of violence for a period of six months to three years. The state can also impose a fine of 25,000 to 50,000 rupees. The proposal was passed by Chief Minister Kamal Nath-led Congress state government on Wednesday. At present, offences related to cow vigilantism are dealt under the Indian Penal Code and Code of Criminal Procedure. The Indian Express quoted additional Chief Secretary of Animal Husbandry, Manoj Srivastava, as saying that the punishment under the current laws will be increased to a minimum of one year and a maximum of five years. According to the minister, the jail term will be doubled in cases of repeat offenders. The minister also said cattle transporters would now have to take permission from a subdivisional magistrate. It is likely a bit to prevent harassment by cow rakshaks. State Animal Husbandry Minister Lakhan Singh Yadav said that most cattle transporters do not carry documents to show whether the cow being transported is going to the slaughter of a sale. And often, these guys end up being harassed or bashed up by Gaurakshaks. The magistrate's permission will be a legal paper that should satisfy the Gaurakshaks, the minister had said. Hmm, let's see if that's going to make a difference. As recently as last month, three people were attacked in the state by cow vigilantes on suspicion that they were carrying beef. The Bombay High Court today upheld the Maharashtra government's decision to grant reservation to the Maratha community in educational institutions and appointments to posts in public services. But there's a catch. According to news agency ANI, instead of the 16% reservation proposed by the state government, the court has asked the state to bring down the reservation to 12 to 13%. This would be in line with the recommendation of the State Commission for Backward Classes. A bench of justices Ranjit More and Bharti Dangre said, quote, We hold and declare that the state government possesses legislative competence to create a separate category of the socially and educationally backward class and grant reservation. Unquote. A group of petitioners had challenged the state government's notification that gave 16% reservation to the Maratha community. The Maratha community roughly forms one-third of the state population. The petitioners challenging the quota decision had argued that it violated the Supreme Court's orders that reservation in any state should not exceed 50%. A 16% quota for Marathas would take the reservation in the state to 68%. The government, while defending its decision, had said that it was meant to help the Maratha community, which was socially and economically backward. In May, the Maharashtra government gave its proposal to promulgate an ordinance to amend the Socially and Educationally Backward Classes Act, allowing for the reservation. On June 13th, the Bombay High Court had dismissed a petition that claimed that the ordinance was contrary to the law laid down by the top court and should be set aside. Now some news from the Greater Noida Police, who on Wednesday decided to issue, quote-unquote, red cards to men who harass women on streets. Like, that's going to stop the harassment. Hmm. Men who receive these cards will face criminal action if they are caught for a second time. 
Times of India quoted Vineet Jaiswal, Gautam Budhnagar Rural Superintendent of Police as saying, quote, The step is being introduced as a measure to stop this particular type of public nuisance where men sit in groups and pass lewd comments on girls who pass by, unquote. The decision was taken at a meeting of anti-Romeo squads at Jaiswal's office. These cards would be issued by squads comprising at least one sub-inspector and two men and two women constables. These squads will issue cards to men who are found loitering around and are unable to provide a satisfactory response. Their address, photograph and parents' phone numbers will be noted down and the records will be maintained digitally. According to Jaiswal, the red card is essentially a non-coercive measure which will serve as a warning to those who harass women verbally or non-verbally. The police have said that they will be distributing feedback forms to residents, particularly women. This feedback will be used to identify such areas, the police have said. I will leave you with a kick-ass report from newslaundry.com. This report was done by my colleague Ayush Tiwari, who's in Bihar. Ayush has been visiting families affected by the acute encephalitis syndrome across villages and in hospitals. His first story is titled, In Muzaffarpur, AES is a grim reaper that stalks poor children. You can check out his report on our website, newslaundry.com. And while you're at it, do consider subscribing. Because we can do such reports only with your support. Also, do consider subscribing because if you don't, news will die. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel.